Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubac Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your host, TJ Bowser and Grandmaster Ziad. Welcome to episode 17 of the Do Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, and with me as always is... Joel Storm, the man, the myth, the legend. Sadly, our brother, Mohammed Ziad, or Grandmaster, as you may know him, is not able to attend today's episode due to protesting rabbis. So, let's move on with this episode. Joel, you had a pretty boring week. We talked about it off show. But mm-hmm. let's just dive into Star Wars news. We got a long episode for you guys here today. So strap in and it's time to buckle up, baby. Yeah. Okay. John Kasdan, the Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan, said in a recent Q&A that, fuck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they said about replacing Michael Williams with Paul Bettany for the character of Dryden Voss. Originally, Voss was a lion-looking alien as the script evolved with Ron Howard coming aboard for the concept was changed sense it would have looked strange for Kira to fall for a cowardly lion opposed to a good-looking Han they knew they were going to shoot all the scenes with Voss again and they want and they went for Paul Bettany which was a great choice who went on the other hand was too good-looking and then that's why they came up with the scars Paul Bettany is a handsome man I mean he ain't no Joel Storms but definitely a good-looking motherfucker now I'm kind of happy they went with the uh the Paul Bettany thing I'm not I am too yeah, I, I love my aliens in Star Wars, but I feel like Paul did such a good job playing the gangster role that I, I can't see it any other way. Well, I could see it work differently, but um, I mean, well, all the gangsters we've seen, up we ended point, up with him. It's fine. He, he did a great job. It's cool. I enjoyed his role. Uh, there's a video you can find on StarWarsNewsNet.com and on YouTube. But anyway. If you want Star Wars news, go to dobackdiscussion.net. As a friendly reminder, before we get any further into our show, we are part of the Dubac Discussion Network, and you may find our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Blueberry, also on dobackdiscussion.net. You can also find our brother podcast, Bantha Battle Podcast, which is your source for Star Wars facts and lore, with your hosts, Joke the Rogue and Big J. But, back to Star Wars news. Uh, together, this little article, we can improve... The culture of Star Wars fandom. And now people like Joel Storms here are the reason why fandom is falling apart. Because you are a hater of... No, I'm not. You don't like the new Star Wars. I don't like the new Star Wars. It doesn't mean I'm a hater. You are a hater of anything non-Lucas. Is that better? No, I love Rogue One. I just want good storytelling. (laughs) And the, the big reason that there are so many disgruntled fans is because we're not getting that. And they shove our arguments under the rug, uh, calling us racist and sexist. When it's really not about any race or sex. It's about the bad stories. We feel that they are bad stories. What bad stories? And, well, like um, putting a Mary Sue in, in, in a movie that doesn't have any character development, that, uh, that already beats the villain in the first movie, that kind of stuff. Um, Anakin Skywalker Finn, and Finn Luke Skywalker becoming, or Mary Sue's. Sorry, what? 
Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker are Mary Sue's. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They went through struggles. They went they went through character development. Okay, so what struggle did Luke go through in episode one? I mean episode four? Um firstly he could not fly the Millennium Falcon the first time he set foot in it. Um That's he not could a not in, he could not instantly shoot the TIE fighter when they were escaping for the Death Star. He had to uh, pump out a couple of shots, learning the ropes. Okay. Um, and Ray didn't defeat Kylo Ren with one stroke of a lightsaber either. So I feel like this whole Mary Sue angle, which we talk about. Yeah, but all he's the time. he's he's a trained he's a trained uh Jedi or well dark Jedi now. Not Sith, not, okay. not Jedi, but and um she's the first time she picks up a lightsaber, she defeats him. Like how? How how the hell does it work? And then that, that's not even such a big deal if she how, has how does some, a farm boy her- from Tatooine blow up a fucking Death Star? By slightly using the force that he just learned about. How does a farm boy from from Tatooine blow up a a droid uh, a droid uh, mothership or whatever the fuck it is? Explain that. Yeah, that 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 was that was a bit Mary Sue. Anakin was a bit of Mary Sue in in Episode One. There's Mary Sue everywhere. Not in Episode everywhere. Two though. They fixed him in, in Episode Two. There he has struggles. There he 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 doesn't he like sand. That's problems. what's wrong with him. He doesn't like sand. He doesn't like sand. No, no, and I totally agree with that. It's coarse and it gets everywhere <laughs> anyway but okay that's that's an uh, that's an argument for another day yes to this article joel Go, take it away all right star wars is no stranger to disgruntled fans complaining about how the creative forces behind the franchise have ruined their childhoods killed star wars and similar lately however certain individuals in fandom have left me and i'm sure many others longing for the days where all you heard about in online forums were complaints about jar jar binks and anakin's force turn to the dark side like Obi-Wan and Mustafar, Star Wars fans used to have the high ground, but since the dawn of social media, true evil has slowly infiltrated the fan base and seemingly disrupted all peace and rationality. The most recent attack on actress Kelly Marie Tran, one that we won't give the offenders the satisfaction of talking about here, has definitely learned left bigger taste, bitter taste in my mouth and caused me to question the future of the Star Wars fan community. But has this disgusted mentality killed Star Wars fandom? How should kind, sincere, rational people respond to the issue? Hopefully, I speak for the vast majority of Star Wars fans when I say that this toxic bigotry rooted in blatant racism and sexism needs to stop. And it may be time for the silent majority to speak up and take back the fandom that we love. Okay, I, I totally agree. I, not, I don't totally agree with this. Wow. Uh, mostly I do. Of course, the, the, um, the more silent majority needs to, st- needs to speak up and take back the fandom. But the re- the recent attack on Kelly Marie Tran, first off, it's alleged attack. There's all it's all speculation. There's no actual proof presented yet. She hasn't come forward to say that's the reason for her. But quitting. it's fucking common sense. It's, the same it's common sense, but it's also not unique to Kelly Marie Tran or any uh, any minority. Like they painted like it's it, it like the uh, like. She's the target of some racist bigotry. It's not racist. It's everyone on the re- the everyone comments? on the internet gets harassed. Have you read the fucking comments on some of the shit that she's posted? There, there were no comments anymore. It's all, it was all deleted. Well, because people with the same mindset as you went onto her social media and fucking not the her. same mindset as me. Fuck off! I never attack people that don't call for it. And I never attack the actors. I never blame the actors. I never blame the actresses. What warrants an attack then? When you attack the fans, 
Then that's Warren's in the sack. The only attack you, that was done on the call, fans when was you call the fans with uh, men babies and overweight white boys and uh, that our arguments under the rug because we're all sexist, racist bigots. That's when we go in full attack mode. But yeah. you guys were already on the attack before that. Ever since no, no, we weren't. Ever since episode seven, I I'm wasn't. not. I'm not just saying you. There's a whole group out there that's taking responsibility for this. And also, uh, are you are which, you familiar with has, Rebel Force which, Radio? The, the group that takes that takes credibility for this or the responsibility for this has 30 followers on Facebook. Most likely, it's an SJW false flag. There's no traction whatsoever in the general fandom. Every channel that I watch. That that's uh, critical of it's the negative. of the last Jedi in the current course of Star Wars denounces this group. They have no ties. They claim they have ties, but they don't. Then why did she quit Instagram? There's a number of reasons. Why did Daisy Ridley quit social media? The because she didn't like the, the extra same, exposure. It's not the exposure. It's the constant harassment. Maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. My my argument is we don't know because she hasn't told us so. We are not presented with proof. So you're going to stick to your guns until we get a statement from Kelly. Yeah. And if she says it was because of the harassment, you, you'll back down. I'll back down. Okay. Yeah. And of course, I denounce any harassment that anyone's get. But it's the Internet. Come on. Everybody gets harassed. It's not unique. Where, where was everybody when Jake Lloyd was uh, harassed? The poor guys in a nowhere fucking to mental be found. institution. Yeah, nowhere to be found. It's it's not a it's not some some attack from the patriarchy. It's it's the internet, and I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying it's how it should be, but it is what it is. And what the media are now trying to do is paint it in a certain way that like all the uh, haters of the Last Jedi are these kind of people. No, it's this very very small minority of trolls that just use her race as an excuse to uh, to criticize her. We'll see what happens in the future. Let's continue with this uh, broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the... <laughs> what, we're, what we're here for. <laughs> uh, the most recent attack on Kelly Marie Tran, we won't give the offenders the satisfaction of talking about here, has definitely left a bitter taste in my mouth and has caused me to question the future of the Star Wars fan community. But has this... I already covered this. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't go the whole way through it, though. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it further. You can edit. Um, so maybe you're reading this and you hated the Last Jedi. Guess what? That's totally okay. It's a movie. You didn't like it. You still. You are still a legitimate fan of Star Wars, and the world continues to spin. Maybe you. Maybe you disagree with the current direction of the franchise. It might just be that the new Star Wars is not your jam. And guess what? That's also totally fine. Love the entertainment you love and hate that which you hate. That's your prerogative. Maybe you're one of those fans, like myself, who has not loved every Star Wars movie in the Disney era. Maybe you don't agree with all the creative decisions being made, but you can still engage in rational discussion and debate without resorting to personal insults or targeted attacks against the actors, directors, writers, or even other fans who hold opposing beliefs. If this is you, then hopefully you can appreciate what I'm trying to say here. Uh, that does not me, but yes, I totally agree with this because this is what is lacking. Everybody, and not just from our, I'm not, I'm not saying we're totally blameless here, but <clears throat> the 
when the actors and the uh, no, not so much the actors, the the writers and the uh, directors go on social media and paint us in in a generalized way, that's when us the fans will strike back, and that's what what we saw. Um, it needs to end from both sides, I think. I feel like the 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 community itself is split in two. In between, people, it is. It the, absolutely is. Between the people that hate Disney era and then like Disney era, and yeah, what, and some might be purists, Republicans, right wing agenda people, and the other ones are more uh, Mohammedan. There you go, generalizing again. Not generalizing. I'm just saying a lot of them towards to gravitate towards that negative type of mindset when it comes. There's to also it. very m- many left people who uh, who disagree with it. I love everything Star Wars. Every, every movie that's come out. Now I'm not saying the Last Jedi is a piece of fucking artwork or it's like this masterpiece, but by <laughs> no means it's not. And it's the last on my list of the favorite Star Wars movies. As of right now, as it stands, it goes Rogue One for me for Disney. Rogue One, Solo, Force Now. Rogue One, Force Awakens, Solo, Last Jedi. And I'm only... Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And Rogue One was so real to me. Like, it felt like a real movie. And... You yeah. Know, you, could, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it was a good story. And it took you back to the, that same feeling that you got with Episode Four. Like, it... Yeah, also a bit, yeah. And like after you're done watching it, like you're like, "Fuck, I got to put in a new hope now." Like, yep, yep. <laughs> it, it makes you have that feeling, and I don't think any other Star Wars movie does that. Like, you don't watch and episode that's four, exactly and, like, what, watch five and that's exactly why we try to get Lucasfilm to course correct. Mm-hmm. And JJ especially because the, the, the trilogy is so much more important than standalone movies, uh, we just want. These types of movies. Yes. Anyway, it's perfectly fine and acceptable to hate a movie, a book, and a comic. And oh, I'm going to reiterate here, go off the beaten path sidebar. Uh, when it comes down to it, what we're all here for, what we're all fans of, it's just a fucking movie. Yes. It's just a group of people. It's just a book. It's just a comic. It's just a video game. It's just a web series. It's just a fucking source of media. That is all this is. Granted, this this is our hobby. This is our job doing this podcast. But when it comes down to it, is it really worth getting all worked up over a fucking franchise? Yes, I understand. It's near near to my heart. I I myself find it to be a very big part of my life, and so does Joel. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to let it ruin our friendships, ruin our relationships with other people, let it control our lives like some people do. And whenever Ryan Johnson says things like man babies and stuff like that, he was directing it towards the negative people commenting on certain things. And those might be some of the more... Well, that, the, the problem there was it, he only came out like three months later... With that information, uh-huh. firstly, it was like, yeah, you didn't like the Last Jedi. At least that what it what it uh, seemed like to us. It's like, oh, you disagree with the movie, then you're a man baby, and this and that. So that's already it. It was already fueled way ahead of when he finally came out and said, 
Like, okay, yeah, the people that attacked uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Uh, and I don't think Last Jedi is a bad movie. Babies. It's a good movie, but it's not a great no, movie. No, it's, it's bad. You think it's bad. There's, I think plot, it's there's, there's plot holes everywhere. It just it doesn't make sense. There's no hero's journey. But that's my opinion. And if you like it, I'm happy you like it. That's truly where, I, where I'm at. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean that I can't be happy for people who do like it. Because right. it sucks being not happy with a Star Wars movie. It does. It does. So. <clears throat> but we dealt with that with episode two, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty happy with episode two, actually. It's really uh, a couple of issues that are very, yeah, very blatant, but overall, I, I can still enjoy it. What's not okay is to let one hate of, of a piece of entertainment, like I just said, that didn't live up to their own personal expectations bleed all over, out of their, all over onto other individuals. I realize that this toxicity is directed is directly related to the state of the world in general, and I also realize that the scum and villainy in, in any fandom is only proportional to that of the world around it. But too long has the silent majority allowed this disease to infect our beloved fandom by saying nothing. Star Wars is not going anywhere, and it will probably outlive us all, to be honest. For generations, the franchise has captivated the hearts of its fans and is quickly... And if the quickly disappearing tickets for Star Wars Celebration 2019 Chicago is any indication, which we will cover later in the show, that fandom is still alive and well with a bright future ahead of it, but it's time to start calling out the bigotry wherever it may manifest itself. Now, we're not going to cover this entire article, but I can say that we, we agree yeah. with them for the most part and that I understand where they're coming from. And Star Wars will be around, and it will be around for a very, very long time. And yeah, Disney can't afford to uh, just, be, just because we got one bad movie or one bad <laughs> spot of press doesn't mean it's going to be the end of a fucking franchise. Doesn't mean Kathleen Kennedy is going to step down. Doesn't mean Lucasfilm is going to implode or it's the end of Star Wars. By no means is that going to happen anytime soon. We're talking about the biggest well, Kathleen Kennedy is stepping down. That's what you think. <laughs> That's what you would She's like. She's out either. already. <laughs> so, but. It's the biggest toy franchise in history. It's arguably the biggest movie franchise in history. I don't care what the fuck you Marvel fuckboys say. Uh, <laughs> I love Star Wars. I'm a dedicated fan. I love original trilogy, prequel, and sequel trilogy. I love the anthology films. I love the cartoons. I love the comics. I love the books. I love the video games. And I love the fans. I love our fans. <laughs> <laughs> But, Joel, you have anything else to add to the old fandom? Yeah, I, uh, just what I, uh, what I always say, just approach or uh, engage in dialogue and listen to other people and, and react to their arguments and don't just immediately jump the gun and, and, uh, call them racist or sexist or SJWs or, you know, for that matter, because we're also prone to do that, but. And I was listening to the Now This Is Podcasting earlier this week, and Jason Ward said something that really stuck with me. When you go on YouTube, which is probably the worst of all, of all the social medias when it comes to hate, type in mm -hmm. Star Wars. I guarantee that if you go on there, 80 to 90% of the videos you see will be negative about Star Wars. It's no True. one celebrating fandom. Yeah. It's not celebrating the franchise that we all love. 
It's people talking negatively about the films. People yeah, but why why is it that ninety percent of it is uh, is so negative? It's not because people want to hate. It's because so many people hate it, and that's what get what gets traction. That's how the algorithm algorithm works. Yes, and that's the problem. Is yeah, but here here's how we can solve this issue. As Jason said, if we all got these these Star Wars lovers, these supporters, these nice, non evil fans to rise up and create content not only for youtube but for these podcasts for these websites for these news articles for if we got all all of us all of us united fans together and posted positive and happy and not so hate hateful videos on these on this media platform we wouldn't have to see our social media flooded with hatred and bigotry and discrimination. We wouldn't have to see negative articles posted about this is why this is failing and this is this this is why this is a secret agenda. Kathleen Kennedy is shit. Stuff like that. We don't want to see that. We want to see figure unboxings. We want to see positive. We want to see lore. We want to see people talking about how awesome that new Star Wars book was. Or yes, they didn't like The Last Jedi, but here's some of the positive points that they did like about it. You know what I mean? Out with the out with the bad, in with the good. I want to see the fandom flourish from here on out. I want to see all of us band together and stand up for the wonderful franchise that has guided us through life, that has given us a reason to look forward to things. And you can't sit there listening to this podcast and tell me that you you don't sit that you don't sit and wait for those films to come out. You don't sit and wait for that next video game DLC to drop. Only because it says Star Wars. Then I know damn well that that's what you're doing. That's what Joel's doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what Muhammad's doing. That's what Tim's doing. That's what Jordan and Logan's doing. Because that's what everyone here at the Dewback does. Because we are positive, Star Wars-loving people. If we all stick together and do this, we can change fandom as a whole. I will end with that. Anyway. Yes. Star Wars Celebration tickets sold out for five-day pass. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that went quickly. Following news the Star Wars Celebration Chicago, VIP passes have sold out within minutes of tickets going on sale. It comes to light that 90% of the five-day passes have already sold out. Update. Five-day passes are now sold out. Individual tickets are still available, but things are going to be snatched up quickly. So if you want to go to Star Wars Celebration 2019, you better go on and buy those individual tickets or you're not going, Cupcake. You're not going, Sunshine. You will not experience 2019's Star Wars Celebration Chicago. But to reinforce the previous topic, that just shows the Phantom is alive and well. But those people need to speak up. So... We got a new picture of Galaxy's Edge. Did you see this? Uh, no, I did not. So let's go to this article here. Yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about it. So what I can see is, look, we got a little restaurants for what it looks like. Uh, we got some mountains, some rebel bases going all up in here. Ooh, X-Wings. All you see, X-Wings. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I see that, Prince. Yeah. yeah, okay, I see him too. The inside of a falcon? The inside of a falcon, yeah. 
Oh, the, the, it looks like they're making a ride within the in, within the map. Is that the Mescanada Katana Kanada Castle? No, that's just the map no? that's, that's on Batu. The planet's called Batu. But it looks like there's caverns and stuff. Like people, you need to be able to walk through there, or uh, yeah. there's going to be a ride or something. That'll be cool. Mm-mm-mm. I know that recently Disney World uh, transformed their Space Mountain into Hyperspace Mountain, where they played Star Wars music on Space Mountain. Oh, did they? Yeah, that's pretty Sweet. cool. But as a whole, I'm pretty excited for this. This looks excellent, and the progress seems to be. Uh, Coming along very nicely, and we're definitely going to meet that fall deadline of next year. I will be attending this. Uh, <laughs> it'll be my vacation for next year for sure. Oh, I'm so jealous. Apparently, I'm echo. apparent what? I'm getting echo from. Oh, let me fix oh, that. It's gone. It's gone. It should be gone now. Yeah. Uh from what I can see. Maybe the hotels is connected to this part. I believe people can stay on site. And I wonder where that uh, Millennium Falcon ride will be. Maybe that's what that big circle is. You see that in the very last picture Which we see in the bottom right hand side. School, school, school. Item nine of nine. Now you see the circle platform being built. No. Oh, there. Yeah. That might be the uh, Falcon. The, the four story uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Could be. Yeah. We'll see as uh, progress continues and we'll get these continuing aerial shots. As you can see from of the aerial shots, Galaxy's Edge is a massive area in Disney's Hollywood Studios Park. Galaxy's Edge is replacing the majority of the park's Streets of America, including Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme Stunt Show, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Movie Set Adventure, which closed on April 2nd, 2016. I know that one of the rides, you will be able to pilot the Millennium Falcon. There will also be an interactive Star Wars-themed hotel to go along with the park expansion, which I'm always looking forward to. We're also getting a Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland also. It's not going to be as big as this. Oh, damn it. But who wants to go to that whenever you can go to the world instead of the land? You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I can't really go to the world, so I have to go to the land if I want to... Yeah, uh, good old Netherlands, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's too far for me, man. Too far and too expensive. So, when we hit a big... The money. first details on, uh, on Solid Blu-ray are revealed. Are they? Yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> well, apparently, shortly after the release of the film, some early details of the Blu-ray options, fans have for Solo a Star Wars story have appeared with no release date as has well no release date as has appeared as of yet who writes these things man Jeez. I don't know awful. not do back discussion they, they, no they need me um so first off first up is the uh, the 4k ultra HD steelbook which features a sweet look at the Millennium Falcon Ooh. And I gotta say that looks really, really slick. It does. With um, with the kind of like orange uh, clouds behind it and a big sunshine. Yeah. Kind of looks uh, like Bespin. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. But you know, Castle does actually look a little like Bespin from the sky. Oh, also, uh, let me point out something real quick for you. Uh, now that L three is part of the Falcon, so whenever they in Episode five, 
when they ask the computer where to go, it automatically sets its uh, targeting computer to go to Bespin. <laughs> because L3 is the fucking Falcon. So if you go back and think about it, it was trying to get the Lando. But he, but Han decided to go to Bespin. Did he? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, 100%. Because I'm pretty sure... We, we, we don't know where to go. Oh, wait, there's one guy. But I, I don't know if we can trust him, but, uh, well, we don't really have any other options. So is that whenever the Falcons set its course to Bespin? Yeah. Okay. okay. After the, uh, the, the um, space log in the, uh, in the asteroid. Oh, okay. So, with... Yeah, uh, Target-exclusive Blu-ray... You get a little Millennium Falcon model. Yeah. Looks nice. Is it... Is it metal or is it plastic? Can't really tell. Lighting on that is, is horrible, though. Yeah, Jesus. absolutely fucking atrocious. <laughs> I'm excited for the home release. That's definitely a movie I'll watch over and over again. Oh, yeah, this is one I, I will watch over and over again as well. Seeing as I only saw a camera rip, so I really want uh, want to see the the full HD version. Wait, you're a pirate? Is that what you just I'm said? I'm a pirate. You're yeah. a pirate. Sue me. Go ahead, sue me. I don't care. So you don't have any proof? At E3, we got a new Star Wars game announced called Jedi Fallen Order, made by Respawn Entertainment. <laughs> Sorry, go These ahead. People also made Titanfall, which are which is an excellent game. Titanfall one and two. While Respawn Entertainment hasn't released any footage of the Star Wars project at E three, they did entice fans with some new details on this project, which will be called Fallen Order. Set between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, Jedi Fallen Order allows players to fill the shoes of an as of yet un unidentified Jedi Knight. Surviving in a galaxy that wants him or her dead in the wake of Order 66. The tone for the project is said to be dark in nature, befitting of the dark times, Obi-Wan described. Oh, and you'll get to wield a lightsaber. Joel, how do you yes. feel about this, buddy? I'm, I'm excited. Fin finally, EA has realized, like, okay, maybe Battlefront was not... Maybe just just doing Battlefront was not enough to actually uh, keep everyone happy. Yes. So let's go back to some single-player games. Let's go back to Jedi games. Let's go back to maybe X-Wing games in the future, hopefully. But at least uh, this is the first one that's uh, that's confirmed. And it's it, back to the glory days, man. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm, at I'm least really like uh, gameplay, I'm hoping. We're going to murder a lot of clone troopers, I feel. Yeah. But so. it's it's kind of interesting that, um, that I mean, of course, you're a Jedi, so you get to wield a lightsaber. But, I mean, on the other hand, maybe a, a, a Jedi would be wiser not to uh, not to wield lightsaber in that period. But <laughs> That's true. We'll see. Also announced on that day was a fuck ton. Of Battlefront 2 news. Joel? Is, is that a metric fuckton, fuck or is it uh, Imperial? It's a metric fuckton, and I'm going <laughs> to let you cover this metric fuckton. 
So if you would gladly take this. I will. Time. Just pulling it up. Here we go. Uh, EA has just unveiled its long-awaited plans for more new star more new content for Star Wars Battlefront 2, including a new map and four additional heroes. According to the EA Play presentation ahead of this year's E3, DICE are working hard at DICE are working hard at bringing players several new maps set on the planet of Geonosis, including the largest Battlefront map that they've ever designed. In addition, four heroes will be fighting alongside the armies of the Galactic Republic and the Confederacy of Independent Systems, Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi of the for, for the former faction, and Count Dooku and General Grievous for the latter faction. Again, who writes these articles? I saw misspelled and bad grammar. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the announcer ends the discussion on the note of saying that, while Battlefront 2 has a rough start, the people at EA are grateful for the input of the game's fans and are working hard for the game to have a brighter future. No release date ha has officially been given for this new content. As we... Okay. So yeah, um, this is actually uh, pretty incomplete because they also actually revealed that there will be a new Starfighter mode, a Starfighter Heroes versus Villains, which is absolutely awesome. Oh, absolutely. I agree. So they also announced a uh, like a conquest type game mode, didn't they, for larger maps? Finally, yeah, that's something I can finally enjoy. I, I want to see this. Like, I I, I want to play Conquest <laughs> in Battlefront Two. Yeah. That would. And then so Skywalker, Obi Wan Kenobi. Finally, I mean, I, I don't really understand how the hell they could leave them out in the in the base game. But they, they uh, made some serious mistakes, and we all know that. <laughs> oh yeah. The game was not perfect when it came out, and by no means is it still perfect. It still pisses me off at times, but hey, it's a yep. Star Wars game, and it's out. So, And it's currently being backed by a developer, so you can't beat that. And we'll talk a little bit more about the new Han Solo season later in the podcast. But to continue, Ram Bergman talks about Ryan's trilogy. I'll take this. <laughs> Do we have to talk about this? Yes. Producer uh. Ram Bergman, The Last Jedi, has just unveiled new details about the trilogy of films that Ryan Johnson will also produce, including when, at the absolute earliest work, on the first movie will actually begin, along with a possible location where the films will shoot. Speaking to the Israel-based publication From the Grapevine, Bergman did a quick Q&A with the publication about his experience with the Star Wars franchise and with producing films. And with both will influence his work, his continued work on the franchise, when asked specifically about the new trilogy of the films he will produce alongside Johnson, Bergman stated the following. Girl Miller says, you're working on the three new Star Wars movies. What can you reveal about them? It's a completely new trilogy that writers direct, that, that writer-director Ryan Johnson, my partner, is going to create. It's all new characters, everything is new. What's the plan for releasing the first one? I can't tell you because we don't know yet. Maybe in two years, it's just in the early stages. Would you consider shooting the new Star Wars trilogy in Israel? Who knows? It's a function of what the location calls for. What I would, but I would be the happiest guy. I did. I did love the tale. I did a tale of love and darkness there a few years ago. I would love to work there with more Israelis and work in Israel. I was just there two weeks ago. I went twice in the last two months. My mom is there. My family and friends. As it stands, it sounds like a lot will be always will be ways away, 
but this trilogy actually gets made, but Lucasfilm seem, certainly seems committed to the idea. It'll be interesting to see a Star Wars movie that's quite removed from the many familiar elements and all likelihood the characters who we've already met. Yeah, not interested. Absolutely not. You want to talk about Ron Howard talking about a lot of shit? Yeah. Do that one. All right. Ron Howard has been very open in his approach to directing Solo a Star Wars story by snapping behind the scenes pictures, retweeting audience reactions, and engaging with his fan with the fans. Now he's sharing secrets about smugglers, hut crime lords, and Woody, not Harrelson, the one from Toy Story. Oh, and Woody, not Harrelson, one from Toy Story. Sitting down for an interview with Empire, Ron Howard is diving deeper into his latest entry in the Star Wars franchise as it reaches its third week at the box office. While the movie may have encountered an asteroid field of of lower ticket sales, there's no denying that Solo brings a lot to the proverbial table. From crime syndicates to self-aware droids to the return of a certain hooded menace from the prequels, Ron Howard has a, a lot to say about the film itself, possibly even about the future. One of the most intriguing elements of Solo was the expansion of the criminal underworld, Crimson Dawn. Uh, one of the five major crime families in the galactic universe reared its ugly head for the first time in this movie, but it's certain not to be the last we'll see of them. Potentially, a quote, potentially one would think it might be kind of interesting to see what a war against, uh, amongst the syndicates looks like. There's no, nothing concrete there, but that's interesting territory. In, in what movie and going through which character's perspective that might emerge? I think everybody feels like that's rich territory to explore in the movie universe, unquote. <clears throat> Several organizations have already been introduced in canon, tie in, in canon, tie in novels and comics and scrapped, and the scrapped video game at one point was going to, was going to explore the seedy underbelly of Star Wars more thoroughly. But is it possible that another spin-off film will bring this conflict to a head? But <laughs> And could that head be hidden underneath a Mandalorian helmet? You okay? Ah, oh, man, this fucking grammar and spelling is seriously giving me a headache. <laughs> One head we won't be seeing much of anymore is that of Dryden Voss. After being tested by his top lieutenant, Dryden was swiftly replaced within Crimson Dawn. While his fate may have always remained the same, his character changed drastically throughout the course of filming. Originally portrayed by the Wire actor Michael K. Williams, Dryden was rumored to be a half-lion figure who evoked more of a beauty and a beast feel regarding his relationship with Kira. When Ron Howard came on as director, Paul Bettany was cast instead, and Dryden's furry mane was replaced with facial scars that pulsed and darkened based off on his hood. But, like, he was replaced because he couldn't actually make it back to the reshoots. He, he wasn't replaced because they wanted Paul Bettany, he was replaced because Michael K. Williams wasn't available in. And I'm um, happy it happened then. But okay. Uh, he was also so handsome and charismatic that we wanted to make him a little scarier and actually went back and added to a scene where you can see him hands-on killing a governor. 
He's like one of those animals that changes colors and can't help it. It's like a moodstone, quote unquote. So that's that's pretty cool. I mean, um, I I like the the look of Dryden Voss. I could I think it could be a little more um, noticeable because uh-huh. it's it's easy it's easy to miss. Yes. But um, yeah, I, I can I can see uh, I can see the appeal here. Uh, Dryden's facial scars have been added in prose production, but there was one character who already had his own facial marks ready to go from the start. Darth Maul. Revealed to be the true power behind Crimson Dawn, the belief that Sith Lords was a major shock to fans and moviegoers alike. But he wasn't always the first choice. That distinction belongs to Tatooine's finest, Jabba the Hutt. Ooh. Quote, Jabba was on the list, but they kind of knew they didn't want to go that way because it would and because it would be sort of funny and maybe a little bit too much like sequel baiting. Uh, Jebba and Boba Fett may have been on the short list of people that fans expected to pop, in, pop up in Solo, but there is one person that could have been an even greater surprise, Tom Hanks. Yes, that Tom Hanks. He and Ron Howard have a long history of working together. Vinci Code, Flash, Apollo 13, and this could have been another entry into that list. Tom Hanks had even chosen who he wanted to play. Quote, Tom Hanks always wanted to be a stormtrooper, but I couldn't get him. He wasn't available. That would have been great. I didn't even know if he really meant it, but he said that he'd love to come out and be a stormtrooper, but it didn't quite ever happen. Maybe next time. Ooh. With the general love and enthusiasm he has shown towards Star Wars, one can only hope that we'll see Ron Howard back in the galaxy far, far away sometime soon. Yes, and hopefully he writes his own movie. Wow. Because that's, that's where I think a director really shines if, if he's actually doing his, his completely own product instead of fixing somebody, somebody else's mess. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to think that Jabba was a possibility. So is Boba Fett. I'm, I'm happy they didn't pick Jabba. Jabba. Because he, I feel like the way the way they did it was perfect. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. And I actually really want to see Darth Maul in the future, so I'm, yes. I'm really happy they brought him in this way. It opened the door for so much possibility. So John Boyega called out Star Wars fans in wake of harassment controversy earlier this month. The Last Jedi breakout star Kelly Marie Tran left Instagram. We already talked about it. Already thought about it. Reportedly due to comments from a radicalized faction of Star Wars fans, the actress who played new character Rostico in the film was a victim of sustained harassment that ranged from calling her character unnecessary to insults of a fouler mode. Tran isn't the first Star Wars cast member to feel the lash of fandom and retreat. Daisy Ridley also deleted her account after similar harassment. The Last Jedi director, Ryan Johnson, regularly fields trolls on Twitter. This week john boyega got fed up with it the actor who plays finn in the new star wars film is no stranger to internet harassment himself he received plenty of racist plenty from racist individuals upset over seeing a black man in a stormtrooper uniform today he spoke out on twitter regarding the fandom harassment john boyega tweets if you don't like star wars do the characters understand that there are decisions makers and harassing the actors slash actresses will do nothing you are not entitled to politeness when your approach is rude, even if you're paid for a ticket. He also punched back directly to those who think that they know everything that's happening behind the scenes. He says, we 
don't care. If fans don't know better, right, right, because whenever I said was very rude in comparison to the approach, I'm not, I'm a human, mate, not your lord and savior. To end on a positive note, John Boyega thanked fans that had remained supportive of the actors for their empathy. To the majority of Star Wars fans, thank you for supporting and putting yourselves in our shoes. You've understood that there is a process and so much appreciated. And of course, that makes jokes of one Twitter user, user commented, next John will be telling us the actors don't write their own dialogue. John sarcastically replied with, or the, or the SW is in fact a documentary and that I'm actually a stormtrooper, which would be funny. Mark Hamill, who responded in the harassment several days ago, fulfilled with what seems to be his patriarchal patriarchal role within the Star Wars family and commented on Boyega's second tweet cautioning against fans putting themselves in his shoes. Be careful there, son. The last time I let a fan put himself in my shoes, they just took off running and sold them on eBay. (laughs) Even Even as fandom turns to harassment to vent its opinions as a line between artist and spectator, is crossed, Boyega is willing to call out problematic behavior when he sees it for some franchise stars. There's more to Star Wars than fan service. Well said, John Boyega. Well, I, can, I can actually add to that because uh, he's been invited to uh, to engage in a dialogue and um, set the record straight from both sides. And, and um, so I'm hoping actually that he uh, he's willing to uh, to go on the gamers channel. Hell yeah. You want to take the next one away? Uh, sure. This is all. So, George yeah. Lucas reveals his version of the sequel trilogy. Woohoo. <laughs> mm hmm. Now, where does it start? What? What? Huh. What the heck? Hang on. Do not accept fucking. Wait, this isn't the right article. No, no, it's not. <laughs> That's my fault, boys. Uh, quick Google. Give us a, a minute here. Technical difficulties. Okay, and we're back. If you look in the in the chat, uh, Joel. Yes. I linked you. There we go. George Lucas reveals details about original Star Wars sequel trilogy plans. Fuck off with the banner. Fuck off with your autoplay. There we go. When George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012, his theoretical plans for a follow-up trilogy were largely abandoned, with only various hints emerging about loose concepts for the adventures. In the book James Cameron's Story of Science Fiction, which accompanied the AMC TV special, Lucas offered hint at what he had hoped to explore with the series of films, with w- which would have tied more directly into The Phantom Menace than the original trilogy. Ooh. George Lucas. The next three Star Wars films were going to get into a microbiotic world, but there's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the Wills, 
And the wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the force. Well, that, that does give a whole new meaning to the will of the force. Yes. <laughs> if I had held onto the company, I could have done it, and then it would have been done. Of course, a lot of the fans would have hated it, just like they did the Phantom Menace and everything. But at least the whole story from beginning to end would be told. Uh, in this book, Lucas described, that's just what I said already. <laughs> uh, fans will immediately recognize Lucas' terminology and the significance of the wills. For the though the filmmaker ultimately abandoned early concepts and converted the ideas into the force. Rogue One featured references to the wills as Jared Inway was described as a former guardian of the wills who protected the, the temple of the Kyber. Original versions of the first Star Wars even used the title Jour Journal of the Wills before the more action-oriented title was chosen. Yes. Lucas continued, if I... This isn't the first book, the first time a book has shed light on the filmmaker's original plans, as the art of Star Wars, The Last Jedi, also featured references to his initial plans. The overall trajectory hadn't entirely been fleshed out, though Lucas originally conceived Episode 7 as a story featuring an older Luke serving as a mentor for a character named Kira in a location that resembled Akto. Oh, so this Kira is yeah. now actually used in, in Solo. It's another reference for you. Yep. With a differently written, by the way. It's Kira, K-I-R-A, in this case. When J.J. Abrams came on board to direct The Force Awakens, he didn't completely abandon those narrative beats, but rather pushed that arc to the second film in the trilogy, while his film focused more on the absence and ultimate pursuit of Luke. Many elements of Lucas' original plans are still unknown, and we are likely never to learn them all in detail, as he likely wouldn't want fans to compare the path of the new trilogy to his prior ideas. So, yeah, it's, that sounds interesting, actually. I, I, uh, I thought so, too. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see that type of uh, movie, especially from George Lucas, and for it to be a part of the Star Wars saga. Yeah, I would, I would probably be on the other side in the, in the fandom, uh, fandom menace. Yeah, we, but, we, uh, we'd want some closure <laughs> for that Skywalker saga anyway. So Yeah. So... A new Sith Lord, Doth Atreus, added to Star Wars canon. Marvel Comics recently released the Star Wars Annual Number 4, which confirms a brand new Sith Lord that can be added to the Star Wars canon, named Darth Atreus. While there is still much we don't know about Darth Atreus, we don't actually see this character in the comic, and the story features Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, who had a brief connection to the ancient character. His inclusion in the comic also makes one of the, the rare Sith Lords to be added to the canon, since Disney dismissed the Expanded Universe's canon and relabeled it as Legends. Star Wars Annual 4 follows a smuggler named Sana Saterios who tracked down the ancient weapons of Darth Arius, a pair of cross-guarded lightsabers similar to the controversial design used by Kylo Ren that was introduced in Star Wars The Force Awakens. It was later confirmed on Star Wars The Clone Wars that this design was favorable to both Sith and Jedi alike many, many years ago. This comic had also... Well, favorable is a, is a bit of a big word. It, it was used yes. every here, uh, here and there. This comic also made it clear that the anger possessed by Atreus when wielding both these cross-guard lightsabers at the same time carried over to the weapons themselves and can transfer over to the new owners. Starios tries to sell the lightsabers to both Skywalker and Vader, but Vader insists that he needs both of the lightsabers for his purposes. 
Unfortunately for Vader, Luke senses the evil contaminated within the lightsabers and destroys it. Well, Vader does the same with his lightsaber, meaning all, all the secrets these lightsabers may have contained about the mysterious dark Atreus, but all, all but disappeared. But with all of this being said, Darth Atreus included, inclu inclusion in this comic would lead to more stories about his past, including, although Atreus ex exact pacing when the Star Wars timeline <laughs> remains uncertain. What the fuck? <laughs> Reading hard? Yeah. In the comic, when Luke gets a look at the Atreus lightsaber, he says it's older than any lightsaber he's seen before, which offers a hint on how long Atreus' Atreus's reign as a Sith Lord happened. When the Legends canon revealed a slew of Sith Lords in the past, there's only a handful that remain in the Star Wars canon. Which means Atreus revealed might be might be quite significant in stories that there are yet to come, either on either on film, mm -hmm. television, comics, or all of the above. Ryan Johnson is currently developing a new Star Wars trilogy that revolves around brand new characters, and while it's unlikely that the new Sith Lord is one of those characters, anything is possible when it comes to Star Wars. Darth Atreus joins the other Sith Lords in the Star Wars canon, Darth Bane, Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious, Darth Maul, Darth Tyrannus, and Darth Vader, and the 33-page Star Wars Annual Number no. 4 was written by Colin Bunn and inkers Ario Antonito, Mark Lamming, Ronald Bashini, no, Bashi, and colorist Andres, An Andres? I guess so. Masa, Masa. and Jordan Boyd. You can pick up Star Wars Annual 4 in either digital or form or print form on Marvel.com. It's very interesting to see that they uh, put another Sith Lord in canon, especially one with uh, such power. Mm-hmm. I'm not a bigger fan of these, uh, of the overuse of all the cross-guard lightsabers, though. <laughs> well, a little thanks like, to the fanboys and the scurrying to buy like, the, the first time it was cool, like, Keller's, Keller's lightsaber's cool, and then, you know, there's a little Easter egg in, uh, in, in, uh, in Clone Wars. It's just fine. It's fun. But now it's like, oh, are they just gonna keep bringing these out? Right. Like, come on. So, Battlefront 2 released its DLC on Tuesday, the rest of the Han Solo season. Mm -hmm. With this season, we got Han Solo skin, uh, Beckett's crew, and Corellia escape. Both excellent and look exactly like Alden, don't you agree? They do, yeah. Lando got two skins, uh, the professional sportsman, sportsman in quotes, remember from the movie? When he's like, now I'm retired, I'm a sportsman. Oh, okay, yeah. And a rack really flamboyant uh, thing. Yes, and also racking yeah, tour. Horrible. <laughs> You're such an asshole. Racking tour. What's a racking tour? I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's the uh, the uh, the the outfit he wears at the end of the movie whenever he went, uh, loses the Falcon. Ah, uh, okay. Chewbacca got a skin called Vandor Heist, which is him with Google Google's goggles and dual bandoliers. <laughs> The, we got a new Falcon called Lando and L337 Falcon, and it has a coaxium boost on it, which makes it fast as fuck. We got Extraction back, Jetpack Cargo Mando return, and we got a new Kessel map for Extraction. Yep. All of which is greatly appreciated, and I love everything that came in this content drop. Especially that Kessel map, it is fucking amazing. Kessel map is amazing. The Jetpack Cargo, not so much. The skins are, skins are welcome. If you play as Han and Lando a lot, you're definitely going to appreciate this. So, that so, wraps yeah. up. That wraps up episode 17 of the Dubak Discussion podcast. Remember to visit dubakdiscussion.net for all Star Wars 
Everything Star Wars. All Star Wars. The fuck's wrong with me? Everything Star Wars related. Check our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for daily updates and facts of the day. Listen to Dubac Discussion Pod and Bantha Babble Pod found on DubacDiscussion.net, iTunes, and Blueberry SoundCloud. But as always, may the force be with you. And that is TJ Bowser signing off. And Joel Mythstorm signing off. Bye bye. <laughs> check one, check two, and check three. Check one, check two, check three. Check four, check five, check six. Check seven.